I remember I got home. My mom told me when she woke up in the morning, there was vomit outside the house. There was vomit, a trail of vomit <laughs> into my room. Right. Um, and I just, I was so dead. Right. Um, and I think the next day when I woke up, I was like, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> hangover thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> the next day. The next day hangover thoughts, yeah. right? <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Mind Your Business SG Podcast. We hope you find value and today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Chantelle Kismet and she's from Blooming Births. So you can find them on Instagram, it's Blooming Births Doulas and also on their website which is bloomingbirths.com. They are a childbirth service and and you and doula services. And doula services. And doula services yeah. yes. So this is something I think me and Ash are gonna yeah, are quite we, new to. Yeah, we're gonna have a great time finding yeah. out. Yeah, Chantel, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Right. Yeah, uh, no, thanks. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah. I think before we dive into the whole uh, like what doula services actually provides and all that, right? We actually wanna hear more about your journey uh, to becoming yeah. a business owner. Right. So <laughs> let's take it back a couple of years, right? Uh, when do you actually feel that you know what, I wanna be an entrepreneur? That's a very good question. I think it started when I was in secondary school. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've always wanted to find ways to make more money. Okay. So I would go to my mom and my brother. So the very first idea I had was to start a, a hawker store. Okay. Well, um, in secondary school? Yeah. Not, right. not me. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Propose right. the idea to them and right, get right. them to execute it. So I actually proposed like, why not we set up a store where we sell just one or two specialized items? And I had these plans like, what what were the items we were gonna sell, and you know how much money we could okay. potentially make. Right. Uh, and it got shot down by by my mom okay. and my brother okay. because you know they they're not very entrepreneurial, right? Uh, and they were like, yeah, it's gonna be very hard work. Do you know hawker stalls uh, workers like the the owners? They wake up at like three in the morning, right. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of work. And I was like. Mm. Okay, so that got shelved away. Okay, uh, and then many years down the line, I was like, "Oh, why not open a fruit stall?" Because right. my best friend, uh, he actually opened a fruit stall for his dad. Okay, and he was telling me how much income they were earning, and again, I was like, "Oh, how much money can we make?" <laughs> so much money. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, he was like, "They set it up near a workers' dormitory." Okay, so I was like, "Okay, that's really interesting." So I proposed it again to my family, okay. and they were like. No. <laughs> okay. So I've always had ideas, but just never really materialized them. Okay. So it was mainly um, the idea of like, how can I expand my income at yes. that point? At 14 years old? 15 years old? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing at 14? Like, I'm playing video games. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Was, it, was that something that influenced you or like, was it external or internal? Like suddenly you were yeah. like, no, I need to find a way to make more money. So my mom is divorced okay. and she single-handedly brought us right. up, me and my brother. Right, right. So I was always wondering like, what could we possibly do to make more money so that okay. we kind of take it off her? Because she, you know, she paid for everything, right? Okay. So that was my drive. And throughout life, it, it had always been my drive. Okay. Was, yeah. was money a very big uh, problem at that time for you? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Right. So there were a lot of things that you wanted to do that you couldn't do. Yeah. Okay. 
So literally, you know, I was working at 16 okay. for my own pocket money, just like bills to pay because my mom only gave me $100 okay. uh, at that time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I was always like, how can I make more money? Right, right. Um, <laughs> what kind of jobs were you like, like part-time? Yeah, part-time. So I was yep. waiting on tables. Right. Okay. Um, mainly at night. So I was working at Father Flanagan's and Molly Malone's. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. So I would go to school and then I would do um, like six to one mm-hmm. and okay. go back home, sleep, do the same thing again. Okay. And this was during like what? Your poly, JC? Like? This was during poly days. The very beginning, your mom wanted a very traditional life for you in the sense that, you know, study, graduate, go to a nine to five job, earn the money. Right, and you were on the opposing side, like no, I want to find like something to do a business. Right, uh, were there a lot of like arguments at the point of time? No, no, there wasn't. Actually, my mom was more of like get that education, right. mm-hmm. you know, and then do other stuff later. Okay. So it was mainly like the emphasis was just finish up your education, and then you can think about what you want to do later okay. in life. So okay. she was never like forceful about certain things. It's it was just finish get your papers, and you can figure right. mm-hmm, the right. other stuff out. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so so. Once you finish your studies, you study all the way until your degree? Or Yeah, I did a degraded marketing degree. Okay. And then after that, uh, a friend got into Singapore Airlines. Right. And he was like, why don't you try? And I was like, uh, it's not my cup of tea. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. then he was like, I mean, what's there to lose, right? If you okay. if you do it, you get in, you mm-hmm. then decide whether you want to go ahead or not. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's a win-win situation either way. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll try. So I went for it and got in. Okay. So you, you had never had an intention of being... No, like, <laughs> never. Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, I want to travel the world. Yeah, I like, want to... I always know, thought like, yeah. majority of like people who are aircraft, uh, air crew, right? They actually wanted to do it because, <laughs> I mean, some of the, the ways you see that people treat air crews, uh, yeah. air staff and all that, right? It's quite bad, right? So you need to have a certain like kind of passion, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so you had no passion. No, right. I I had no idea what I was right. getting so, myself so I'm into. I'm curious, like, when they asked you, why did you want to join? What did you say? Yeah. I don't think they asked me that. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they asked they me that. they just assumed everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but my friend did prep me. Okay. Right. Um, some of the questions they, that they would ask and mm-hmm. stuff. So, so they, I went through with it and then we got in. Um, the interview process was a bit of a funny one, right? Because they would, they would check my hands mm. to see if I had any scars. Oh. Um, we would actually have to put on the kabaya and walk around. Right. Um, and I couldn't fit in the kabaya. Okay. I'm quite chesty. So, <laughs> so it was it was really, it was hilarious because they were like, okay, you need to come out now. And I was like, but I can't zip. Like, right. What oh do my I God. do? <laughs> right. And then this other uh, applicant was like, why don't you just take off, you know, the bra? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> so, Okay. Took it off, zipped it up, and I was like, "Okay, it fits." <laughs> and then I, I, we right. walked one round, and they literally like analyzed you head down to toe. Right. And I was like, "Okay, great. This right. is this is what it is." Okay. Uh, and then you know we went through a series of 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 interviews, and then I got in, and I was like, "Okay, I got in." Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, okay, let's do this. Right. Right. So I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea the demands of it. I just went through the training, right. did my first flight. Prior then, to that, have you ever flown? Like, the kind of flight? No. No? I mean, uh, it was mainly to uh, Malaysia. Right. Yeah. So, it was always the bus. Okay. So, it was the first time that I took a flight. (laughs) And and I have a fear of heights. Yeah. (laughs) 
have I have a fear of heights. So when it when the plane takes off and lands, I don't look out the window. I just okay. I just stare <laughs> straight in front of me. Right, right. So I don't feel like I wanna, you know, puke. Okay. So at the point when when like you got through the interview and you were like, Hey, okay, it's a decent paying job, good exposure, good experience, right? Did you feel at any point of that time like, oh, I'm gonna, I have to put my whole entrepreneurial spirit on a back burner and, you know, step away from it for a time being? No, not really. So I was actually thinking like, you know, now I get to fly to other countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could potentially buy stuff and then, you know, come back to Singapore and sell them okay. or something. Again, the idea got shot down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, who, who was stopping you this time? My brother. Okay. Yeah. So he was like, you know, it's a risk and uh, you're not sure how much you can sell it. Like even whether right. you can sell it, there's a lot of effort. And I was like, okay. Okay. Right. And uh, and at the time also, I was uh, studying. Mm. So I was doing my degree as I was flying. Oh, wow. Um, so the plan was actually to do it for two years. Okay. And then he ha- he got sick. So he got cancer. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and then we were like, okay, you know, this is a right. really well-paying job and it was helping us to pay, like, his bills and stuff. Right. So right. we were like, okay, I'm just going to do it. Okay. You know, just write it out till, like, five years. Yeah. So I got to do quite a bit for the family in that five okay. years. And again, right, by default, I was like, huh, we're coming to the end, like, of five years. Okay. What, what can I do? Right. I, I would want to make more money, right. you know? And then somebody randomly spoke to me about an oil broker job. Okay. And and she was telling me like oil brokers earn a lot of money. Right. And I was like, oh, they earn a lot of money? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I just like, oh, I wish I could be an oil broker. Right. And then a month later, I bumped into uh, a cabin crew. We were on the same flight. And we were just talking and uh, I was saying like, oh, I'm sick of flying. I want to leave. Okay. And then she said, oh, my cousin uh, works for an oil broker and they're looking to hire. Wow. And I was like, no way. The universe arranging things for you. Yeah. So then I applied it. I applied, went through the interview and then I got it and I was like, okay, so I I, I quit SQ Mm -hmm. and embarked on this new, completely clueless terrain of becoming an oil broker. Okay. So I mean, before we skip over to the oil broker part of your life, let's spend a bit of time on flying part. I think (laughs) you're our first guest who actually has a uh, flying experience. Yeah. I have uh, a question. Yeah. Especially when you were doing the walk, right? Or like they were like analyzing you. Yeah. What was that like? How do you feel? Like, uh, is it like a panel of people just like judging you? There was one lady. Okay. It felt really weird. And I think, you know, throughout the five years I was there, there was so much body shaming that I had right. to deal with. Right. right. I'm not the typical petite small okay. size Asian stereotype <laughs> right uh, that that was kind of you know put out there yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was always being told like you need to lose weight um, you I had one appraisal where the leader failed my appraisal mm-hmm. um, and one of it was appearance okay uh, and she said that she thinks that I need to lose more weight wow. And she she asked me, she said, uh, you're half Indian, right? So I guess you eat a lot of curry at home. Wow. Mm. Damn. Oh my God. And I was just like, Damn. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Oh, but um, you must have, you know, eat, eaten a lot of like red meat, like wow. lamb. And I was like, I was like, no. Damn. But at that time, because yeah. I was so new, right? It was like <laughs> right. less than six months. So. Right. I didn't know what know to, to say or right. like, you know, can I even say anything? It was very right. f- 
fear based, right? So I just took it, right? Um, and then throughout like my entire five years there, I was always like watching what I eat and making sure right. I was never past sixty kgs, right. and mm. so it was a tough time, I would say. Right. So the whole five years, probably there was a lot of unhappiness, also. A lot, right? A lot. Mm. I mean, it's service line, right? Yeah. When you're dealing with people, um, you're dealing with all sorts of people. Right. And I think I, I told my mom a story of what happened to me once and she just cried. She was like, I, I don't even treat my child this way. Wow. Who are other people to treat my child this way? Was this way? like a, a guest? Or I mean like a... Passenger. passenger. Yeah, passenger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we were distributing peanuts. So SQ, right. you know, we were very yeah. famous for giving <laughs> peanuts and satay. So we were giving out peanuts and my basket finished. So I had to go back into the galley and, and take more. Right. So when I came back, I missed the roll that I stopped. Okay. And then the lady pressed the call bell and she was like, where's my peanuts? You know, you missed me out. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And then she just went on this rant of like how I'm discriminating her because she's Indian and I'm, what? you know, I'm so much nicer <laughs> to the Caucasian passengers. And then she took the packet and she threw it at me oh my God. in my face. And I was like, okay. How, how, how do you maintain like... I was going to cry. Like my eyes were teary and I was shaking and... Oh. um. There was obviously the passengers around her right. as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and all I could do was just apologize. I went into the galley and told my complex leader what happened. They came out, apologized to her. But the people around her, they stopped me. Okay. And they said, I'm so sorry you had to experience that. And you know, you've been doing a fantastic job. Okay. okay. Just so you right. know. That's nice. So that's nice. Yeah. 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 And I was like, Woo! Was that very early into your career? Or? Yeah, okay. it was like in the first year. And so you, you, there was a lot of moments where you kind of keep pushing yourself through uh, the unhappiness, lah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Was that the worst of it? Yeah, sure. I, I, I've had a Japanese guy. I was uh, working in business class, and he asked for whiskey with three pieces of ice. <laughs> okay. Very specific. Right. Yeah. Um, and in Japan, so we're flying out of Japan, right? And in, in Japan their ice cubes are like perfect. Right. They're quite, quite big. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted three pieces. I could only fit two okay. because the size was quite big. So when you put two in, it literally fills up the, fills the up glass. The glass right. Right. So I gives it to him and he says, do you not understand what I said? I wanted three pieces. And and in my head, I was like, dude, I can't put three. Like it's <laughs> yeah. sticking out. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously I didn't say that. And then he was like, I asked for three. Please give me three. Are you stupid or what? Wow. Right. He said that to me and I, I was just like, dumbfounded I was like frozen I was like what do I do now <laughs> patience and, man and yeah. so much patience <laughs> and all I could do was I'm I'm so sorry right I'll come back my god and I would then, have gone like are you dumb you can't fit like three <laughs> like, what, what's wrong with you man straight away get fired the next day I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine Ash as a steward right <laughs> yeah like the death stare you probably yeah. Get, you know? yeah so it was it, and I couldn't like I was just I couldn't wrap my head around it. You right. know? So anyway, I went I went back to the galley, told my complex leader what happened, and then he came on and he helped me sort out the situation. Right. He was like, "Why don't you just go and work on the other side? Okay. Let me just sort this out." Right. And then you got to maintain like the face all the way. Like, yeah, oh, yeah I'm so sorry, sir. Like, we'll do our best. Maybe get a bigger glass. <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> damn. Right. Yeah. Now I gotta ask, like, when faced with this kind of you know customers or, or passengers. Is there something that they teach you? Okay, you need to go to, you know, the behind the curtain, take a deep breath or something like this. Or is this something you, you have to figure out on your own how to get back to the job? 
when you're feeling so, you know. Definitely something you figure out on your own. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so many years ago. They may have changed things. Okay. Right. Right. But the training that I have received and the experience that I have had in you know five years flying like definitely has been so valuable right. with how I approach things and the way I deal with right. certain challenges because mm-hmm. when you're in that vessel you have very limited resources right. and you have to make and you can't walk work. away like no the no. most is you walk to the galley and that's it right like you can't leave yeah. the situation yeah exactly right. so like we we make stuff with limited resources right. you know especially like if people have birthdays and things okay. like that mm. um, how do we make it special you know right. so really thinking out of the box right. but these are not things that they, they teach you right like no. just like school no one actually teaches you no. the out of box thinking like right. you, you learn it on the right. job right? right with the challenges that you face okay. and, and for that I'm very thankful nice. because I get to learn and and look at things from a different perspective through, through the training that they provide was there ever like role playing like you you are given a situation where oh this is a disgruntled uh, passenger or something like that I think we probably did some but not the real life right. scenarios that right. I have experienced I, I guess you can't really prepare yourself for like <laughs> the worst case right yeah people surprise you man like how bad they can be <laughs> Yeah. I, I want you to have that job Ash whereby you are, you are, you are role playing as a passenger so, so like the whole idea like I don't know whether you have heard of the Karen's Diner in Australia ah, right? yes yes mm, so no. this this Karen's Diner where you go in and the oh, staff is absolutely rude to you oh yes I've seen that and then mm. I, I was like man that's great like, yeah. if I was an airline right yeah. that's exactly what I would do like right. super rude like air staff and like that. <laughs> You know, like, and there are people, it's, it's always crowded. So, like, people yeah. actually want to be scolded. Right? Yeah, 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 it's so yeah. weird. It's for a so certain weird. type of people. Yeah. To and I think, it, yeah. I think they're bringing it to Singapore. Yes, yes, I heard right. they're coming. No Singapore. way. Right? Yeah, we yeah, should go. Definitely. I <laughs> we should love go. it, man. Yeah. You should get all the guests from Mind Your Business. Let's <laughs> <and laughs> go there. Have a booth there. Right. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, going back to the point. Uh, so, uh, at that five year mark, right? So, you have come to the end of your contract, I'm guessing? Yeah. And that's when you decided. Enough is enough. It, I need yeah. to get It was out a of contract. Here. Yeah, five years. So two year, two years is the bond, right? Um, and then the contract goes up to five years. Okay. Right. So I literally felt myself um, losing the creative power because I was just going like every day was just going right. you know with the flow, right. chicken or fish, orange juice or coke, <laughs> you know, um. And I wasn't doing anything for myself. Right. And, and after five years, you're more or less covered most of the countries that uh, yeah. SI flies to, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I was also like, okay, if I don't leave now, then I'm going to be here forever, probably. Right. So that's when I decided, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do, okay. but I'm just, I'm just going to leave. So right. I actually quit without um, getting a job. What was I, the conversation like at home? Like... Did you tell your like your mom was yeah. encouraging you to like leave like yeah, just yeah. do it like she, get she out was there. she was very encouraging right. she was like it's fine if you're not happy anymore and and you feel like okay. um there's no passion then you know go look for something else right. so how, how was there a lot of fear though like yeah. knowing that like I've done 5 years I mean there are a lot of like um unorthodox or like you know not very things that you can write down in your resume that you learn right mm. that people might not recognize in the working world like or mm-hmm. uh, your your service staff what what truly is the value that you have learned yeah right? was there a lot of fear about these things that have not no real experience right? there was there was a lot of fear right because most of the people who leave sq they end up being property agents insurance agents yeah. Yeah. um in the hotel line right service 
Very exactly. Yeah. So I felt like that was the route I probably had to take. So there's a lot of fear and and like what am I gonna do right? Because right. at 19 I was earning five grand. Right. Like that's a lot of money for yeah. for a 19 for year old. Sure. Right? Even now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and so I was like, okay, you know what? Never mind. Let's just let's just see what's out there. So I went for um a, a, an interview with. DBS Bank for their credit card okay. section. All right. And then I was like... Kind of doing sales, yeah. customer service kind of thing. And I was like, I don't like this. Like, what is this? <laughs> a friend who... You all used uh, to fly together. And, yeah. Right. So so she recommended the her cousin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like let's just try because I heard oil brokers earn a lot of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why not? Right. So I was very, as you can see, I was very money driven back then. Right, right. I wasn't afraid of the hard right. work. I was like, just go for it, right? So I went for the interview and <laughs> this everything. Is your, this is like your yeah. second job interview, and you're just like <laughs> winging it, right? Like first was SIA, and now you're yeah. like, yeah, let's just go for it. Like, <laughs> let's just walk into the interview and see how it goes from there. Yeah. After I got the job, they said, okay, you know, you you can start. Like this is your start date, but we would like you to come in one of the days and just to sit and observe. Okay. And I was like, sure. So I got in, I sat, they gave me a chair, so I sat behind um, the the team and it was quiet at first. They were just talking, they were on their right. computers, typing away. And then four o'clock, uh, four o'clock came. Four o'clock was the window time for, for trading. And all of a sudden, from like very quiet to like, hey, uh, QE4, 1.6, they sell, you know. And I was like, oh my God, what's, like, what's going on? Um, and I was like in shock. I was just sitting there. I was like, goodness gracious me, like what have I gotten myself into? Like, it's literally what you see in like right, stockbroking, right? right? right. Like, movies, yeah. the movies, yeah, they're like, like screaming at each other like, hey, I told you sell. You know, and I was like, okay, um, and then when that was finished, like they were completely fine. You know, they were like they were like talking to each other normally, and I was like, who are these people? Um, oh my god! And then and then I was like, is this what I really right, want right, to right. do? So I was like, oh, you know what? That's fine. Like just go Try with it, it. And, yeah. and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated it, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think off the bat, really, like from. Being someone who is always on the go, moving around on an aircraft, you're traveling, you're always doing something versus someone who's sitting down on the computer. Yeah. Right? It was a huge drastic change for you, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you adapt to it? Like No, I could really feel the whole like, you know, when people say the when you're working nine to five and you feel like you you're stuck. And yeah. that's how I felt. Okay. Because I had to wake up every day at a certain time, get to the office by a certain time, take the train. Um and then, you know, at the office, I was doing this. And so I felt very monotonous. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was just sucking the life out right. of me. At, at any point, were you like, Shh, I should have continued flying? Like, was oh, yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah, I was like, should That's should how I bad all booking is, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. Yeah. So I was there for a year. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of drinking involved, by the way. Yeah, like yeah. after hours that everyone yeah. gets together. Yeah, yeah at that no, no, time. no. I think because there's a lot of clients with clients, with clients and with, oh, clients yeah. and with, with your your colleagues, colleagues right, yeah. to build right. rapport, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so we went there with uh, a few traders and they were drinking shots. Right. And at one point, I was like, "Oh, I can't yeah. do this. Like, I'm so high and like, I can't even drink anymore." And they wouldn't let me leave. Right. Right. 
and and you can't do anything right because like technically like the clients yeah right, precisely right. Yeah. so so you can't just leave in 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 the middle right like my senior is gonna kill me if I do that so I was like okay 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 I'm just gonna go to the toilet okay and I'll be back and I went to the toilet I closed the door I sat on the floor I was like oh my gosh I'm so drunk <laughs> and I just slept on the floor oh my god I just I passed out on the floor I was okay. so drunk right. um. And I think somebody came in and probably uh, slammed the one of the toilet right. doors very hard, and yeah. like the sound jolted me up. So I woke up and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what's where am I?" <laughs> you <laughs> oh, know. Man. I looked at the time. I was like, "Okay, so I was probably out for like fifteen minutes." Okay. Uh, okay. And then I went back out, and I was like, "Okay, they're still drinking. All right, let's do this." So drank again, and I I felt so high. I was like, "We're probably gonna drink all night." I went back to the toilet, forced myself to vomit, right. yeah. got back in again, yeah. and then drank. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was completely hammered at right. the end of the night. I remember I got home. My mom told me when she woke up in the morning, there was vomit outside the house. There was vomit, a trail of vomit <laughs> into my room. Right. Um, and I just, I was so dead. Right. Um, and I think the next day when I woke up, I was like, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> hangover thoughts. Yeah, the next day. <laughs> the next day hangover thoughts, yeah. right? <laughs> like, is this really what I, I want to be right. doing all the time? Uh, and also at that point, it was when I met my now husband. Okay. Right? We he were, was in uh, all booking. No, no, he, okay. was, he, he's, uh, he was in aviation. Okay. And then I was like, it was just like in the early months of, of seeing each other. Right. And I was like, if we do end up getting married, like, is this the life he right. would want for his wife? Right, right, <laughs> that was right. what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and after coming to that one year mark, I was like, I really can't do this anymore. Okay. Um, I hate it. Right. It was a very hostile environment. I was, you know, getting arrowed quite a lot okay. for little, little things like just leaving my bread. There's I, a lot. Of, there, there's a lot of, it's high energy, but it's very high negative energy. Right? Yes. Like, like yeah. The, the room is always super tense then. Exactly. Right. I met my now husband and I was like, okay, that, that was a little bit of a motivation to get out of it. Because we got I've got a couple of broker friends also and like I would say when I first started working, like this was like maybe five, six years ago, mm-hmm. I think maybe like seven, eight of them joined broking. Mm. Right. And then like five years later we are left with maybe one of them. Mm. Right, because and you've really got to love the lifestyle. Yeah. Right. The drinking, especially every day. Definitely. You you, you just gotta enjoy it, I guess. And, right. Um, I, I don't think everybody yeah. can be paid to enjoy it. La, mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi guys. Thanks for listening. And next week we have and when when me and my husband we were expecting, we did a hospital tour at Thompson. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there was a French lady in the group. So during the tour we were looking around the hospital and then she was like Oh, by the way, is a doula allowed here in the hospital? Okay. So this was when I was pregnant right. in 2017. Wow. And um, and yes. I just looked at my husband. I was like, doula? What's that? We are hearing <laughs> the know? beginning of yeah. uh, the birth of uh, the doula company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could you say into the mic, this is Chantel, and you're <laughs> listening to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. Cannot, cannot. <laughs> <laughs> cannot. <laughs> I'm Chantel, and you're listening to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new insightful episode every week. 
the Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nasif. Thank you to Naim Lutfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at mindyourbusinesssg and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you would like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.